0: Amen. Our scripture today is going to be from Matthew chapter thirteen. Matthew chapter thirteen. But before before I get into that, I kind of just want to give a, a testimony. Uh, because this, this morning's service, I was blessed. There was a, it was an absolute blessing this morning. Uh, you know, Father's Day, it was great to see uh, uh, men of God stand up here. Uh, this is a picture of the men we had up there standing up here. It's a fantastic blessing. Uh, uh, it just so happened that my dad happened to be in the building as well, so he's there next to me. Uh, you know, just to see that uh, men of God there uh, with their families and so on. But I kind of just want to give a testimony because, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is that is me at home with like a whole uh, shed load of gifts, uh, uh, and uh, I'm blown. Even I'm blown away for many reasons. <laughs> one of the one of the reasons I'm blown away is that I'm usually quite good at sussing out surprises. Like I I, I can just I can okay I kind of know what's going on, but I'll keep quiet. This one I had no idea whatsoever. It was a complete shock. Um, we had two testimonies, or so I thought. Um, <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to, I was trying to rush Ricardo, bless him. I said, "Yeah, we've got someone else. I want to testify." You know what I'm saying? But here, here we see Nandi come um, and and give uh, gifts. You know, it completely blew blew me away. But I was, I just want to say, I appreciate you so much. Uh, it really did. Yeah, it really did touch my heart. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It really, really did touch my heart because uh, you know what what we're doing here is uh, is, is is supernatural and uh, it's um, it's a privilege and I don't I don't say it just by jokes. It's a privilege to be able to do uh, this. Uh, you know, me and my wife we we we, we speak about it. So it's an absolute privilege to be able to stand before you guys and you have welcomed us so well. Um, you know, if this doesn't really happen like that often. You know, when there's a change of Pastor's uh, pastoral change. Sometimes it can go south. Um, and it's just, you know, people are like, oh, this is different. But you guys have welcomed me in, me and my family, all, all of my whole village, you've welcomed us in. Um, and it's been an absolute uh, a, a privilege to be able to stand up here. Only 18 months ago, I stood up here for the first time. Uh, but I feel so at home now. Um, and I feel so close that what came to mind was this scripture. You know, when Jesus was talking to the rich young ruler, um, and he told him to go sell all he has, and the rich young ruler said, went away sorrowful. Uh, um, and Jesus said that it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven. Uh, and people were kind of perplexed at this, and, and, you know, and it says in Mark 10, verse 28, that Peter spoke up and said, listen, we've left everything to follow you. And Jesus said, truly, I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel uh, will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields. He says, along with persecution. Hey, it is what it is as well. That got to go with it. Uh, but it says, and in the age to come, eternal life. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've read that scripture many, many times and you know, I didn't really fully grasp that until now. Because we have left homes, we have left, I left my parents, my parents moved to Derby because of me and I left them in Derby and I left them (laughs) there to move here, my my brothers are down south, I've left my brothers in Christ in the Derby church, I've left the sisters in Christ, we've left them uh, job opportunities, we've left all these things uh, and I've come here and I have now enlarged my family. I now have more than one mother. I have more than one father. I have more brothers and sisters here. And when I look at this, I'm like, this is actually true. There's places I can go where people would treat me like one of their own. I would go to people's houses. They would feed me like I'm a king or something. I've, I've gained so much just by turning and saying, God, I'm going to follow you, uh, follow the gospel. And God has brought me to a place like this. So I just want to say I really appreciate you guys. Uh, the love is strong. The love is tougher. Uh, God bless you. Thank you so much for this morning. It's amazing. Amen, amen, amen. Enough of the gushy stuff. Amen before I start crying. Amen. Let's, let's go to the word of God. <laughs> Matthew chapter 13. Uh, uh, me and my family, we love you. Amen. Amen. I picked up a story of a 39-year-old woman um, who had a headache. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, she had a headache and um, it was just a headache. And that was it. Uh, took paracetamol and, and carried on. A couple of days later, the headache continued. Um, still didn't really think that much of it. Just thought, okay, maybe this is that. Maybe I need to rest a little bit. Rested up. Uh, took some more paracetamol, painkillers, uh, uh, and continued on to the point where weeks and months started to roll by and the headache was still there. Uh, this time she went to the GP, said listen, I've got a headache going in my head. I don't know what's going on. It's been for a long time. Um, the, head, the head has been pounded and so on. The GP said, listen, it's just a headache. Take some painkillers and be done with it. And, and she did. She, she moved from paracetamol to ibuprofen this time. And you can double them up uh, every two hours. She was doing that. Uh, months continued on and it still was there. It went back to the GP, back and forth many times uh, to the GP, to the point where the GP started to get sick of her and started to make fun of her and saying, what's wrong with you? You think it's like a tumor or something? What's the matter? Just go and take some paracetamol. Turns out uh, she went to get another opinion uh, and there was a brain tumor. So here she's uh, saying it's a diagnosis as you've just got a headache, Uh, take some paracetamol. But unbeknownst to her, there was a brain tumor. Thank God she caught it in time. They managed to catch it and she survived. But then I continued to look on to that, And each year, and this is just in the US alone, this is not even global, each year an estimated 40 to 80,000 people die due to the wrong diagnosis. In other words, people die because they think this is the problem, when all along, this was the problem. And that's a problem because when you think this is the problem, you will treat this problem. And then forget about this problem, whereas this is the problem that's actually killing you and taking your life. So forty to 80,000 people died due to the wrong diagnosis. So I want to preach tonight uh, something I'm inspired to preach uh, called The Diagnosis. Um, and this is something I was inspired to preach. Uh, as we go along, I tell you, it's one, of our fav- one of my favorite preachers in the fellowship, Pastor Marty Kinege, preached a sermon. And I was inspired to preach because it is so true. And I want us to get the revelation uh, uh, this evening. Uh, Matthew 13, uh, verse number 24, verse number 30. The Bible says, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. While man slept, uh, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir! Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then did ta- does it have tares? He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us to then go up and gather them up? But he said, no, Lester, uh, while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat to, into my barn. I want to look firstly with you uh, about the blame game. So here we have a parable. Jesus uh, is saying the kingdom of heaven is like... And many times I've used a scripture where Jesus starts off saying that the kingdom of heaven is like, and it's talking about how we function or how we interact in the kingdom of God. He gives an analogy, says, this is what it is like when you follow me or when you begin to serve me. This is what it's like. And in this it says, the man sowed good seed. So this here is good intentions. It is a good plans. In a previous parable, the seed represents the word of God. So the word of God is sowed into people's lives. The word of God is sowed through a preacher, perhaps in a church. And it was all good. But when things start to happen, or more importantly, when bad things start to happen, then people start to ask questions. When the good seed is planted and bad things start to happen, people are perplexed, thinking, What's going on? Verse number 27 of our text, the Bible says, So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Well, how then do you have tares? In other words, why is your life like that? Aren't you a Christian? Why are you going through these things? What's happening to you and what's happening to your life? And in theology, this type of question can become tricky because there's all sorts of answers you could give to that why people why the bad things happen to good people why did and you know people say this why did God have to take my 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 mother or my relatives and so on this type of question can become tricky when you have questions like this all you've got to do is read all 42 chapters of the book of Job and you understand how tricky it is when those things happen to Job and his friends came along and started asking questions have you done this have you done this sure Surely it's because it is surely it's because of that when things go bad in our lives people start to ask questions what's going on why or how come why me i found it interesting in john chapter 9 the disciples are going through uh, rolling around with jesus as usual uh, and they come to a person it says here in verse number one it says now as jesus passed by he saw a man who was blind from birth And here we go. Here's the questions again. And his disciples are saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? They're asking, there's something bad. What's going on? What didn't you plant good seeds? Who sinned? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the work of God should be revealed in him. You know, people are looking for links, or people are looking for things to blame uh, when things go wrong. They want to pinpoint someone or something when things go wrong. Uh, uh, my wife told me about um, uh, a story she was listening to on Premier Radio. You know how I feel about Premier Radio, up and down. Sometimes I love it, sometimes I hate it. But this particular time, uh, she was telling me that uh, there was a lady there who is, uh, it was disabled. And she wanted to get prayed. She'd been prayed many times. People have prayed for her for healing and so on. And she gets this one particular pastor who prays for her. Nothing happened. And he begins to say, listen, you are not healed because you don't have faith. And because of that, God's not going to use you. This he felt he had to give her a reason uh, uh, and and the reason was because she didn't have no faith. There was a lack of faith and and God's not going to use you so go back to your way and stay disabled. That's what he was pretty much saying. Because when things go wrong, uh, we become like the servants and we say to the landowner, Sir, did you not plant good seed in your field? Well, how then do you have tears? What's going on with your life? What's going on with your field? Didn't you plant the good stuff? Didn't you hear preaching from the potter's house? Didn't you come to fellowship? Didn't you go to men's discipleship? Didn't you go to the women's Bible study? How come you got tears in your life? And we have to come to a correct diagnosis of this. In our text, I want to move to a second point. The importance of the correct diagnosis. You know, in verse number 28... The landowner was wise. He said these words. He said to them, an enemy has done this. Simple line. An enemy has done this. You know, when you understand that line, that will completely change how you pray. When you understand that you have an adversary who's job is to literally oppose you, that will change how you pray. Pray. It will change how you assess things, it will change what you do, it will change the diagnosis when you how many know this man made a correct diagnosis of what's going on in this field. How many know that in this place? He made a correct diagnosis. He could have blamed saying, Oh, yeah, it wasn't the right season, maybe I got the wrong seed, maybe I did this, or maybe he said, No, an enemy has done this. The reason I say that is because many people look to blame other things but forget about the adversary. Dare I even say, born again Christians will blame circumstances or blame certain things, decisions, but forget about the adversary. You know, in the sermon, I told you I was inspired by Pastor Carnegie. He told a story, told a story about two young youths that was driving in a car and it was uh it was drinking there was a uh, smoking there was a uh, uh, you know and there was driving under the influence of both drugs and alcohol uh, um and they had a horrible crash they totaled the uh, the car uh they, they when the emergency services found them they had to go straight to intensive care um so here's two different you know a, a young man and a young girl they're in the same hospital but in different um, areas um, and um you know pastor Carnegie got to know about this cuz the the mother of the young girl um, rang him and said, listen, pastor, we need you to come and pray. there has been a horrible accident. We need to come and pray for these children. They could die. So of course, him being the pastor that he is, he went to the hospital, he went to go and pray, he went to go to the young girl first, and as he went in there, he started speaking to the mom, and the mom was saying, pastor, pray, pastor, pray, the devil is trying to take my child, pastor, pray, and that's exactly what he did, he was energized, started praying in tongues, started laying hands, started binding the devil and his works, and the devil and his demons praying, and filled with this spirit They was praying and going through, they encouraged the family, and because he's there to pray, he's thinking, let me go to the little boy, the young boy as well, he's just around the corner, so he goes to the young boy, and he says, I want to pray for you, and the mother of the young boy says, I don't believe in that demon stuff, I don't want you to pray for my son, don't believe in that devil stuff, and he's like, didn't you hear what the mother of the daughter said, listen, we're trying to pray and bind the says, like, I don't believe in that, and she would not allow him to pray, he says, okay, he left them, because you know how I many we don't want people's lives. Come on now. So he left them. Um, and you know, he heard word back from the mother of the young girl who he prayed for. They believed, they prayed some more. Um, and after a couple of days, she began to open her eyes. Uh, they said that there wasn't any hope that it's not gonna work, but she came to open her eyes after a couple of weeks. She was in church serving God. Can you say amen in this place? The young boy who the mom said, Listen, I don't believe in the devil. Um, the the boy deteriorated uh, so much that he actually succumbed to his injuries and died. Um, how me know that if God is able to do a miracle there, He's able to do a miracle there also. And because somebody said, listen, I don't believe that something or someone is opposing me. I don't want you to pray. Could it have been that he prayed just a couple of minutes and their story would have been a different story? Listen, it would have been something different if she was able to diagnose what the problem was in the first place. But she was not able to do that. And because of that, she said, I don't want you to pray. I don't believe in that demon stuff. And there she has lost her son. Listen, it is a revelation for us as Christians. Christians or even as us, we're not sure yet. It's a revelation for you to understand that there is an enemy who seeks to oppose you in every area of your life. Doesn't matter if it's finances, doesn't matter if it's your health, doesn't matter if it's a relationship with other people. There is an adversary who is seeking, his literal job is to steal, to kill and to destroy. And sometimes we blame other things and we forget to blame the adversary. Sometimes people blame the government, they blame the system, they blame another race, they blame the place where they were born and sometimes we need to take it back and diagnose the proper problem of the issues we're facing and take it to the gates of the enemy and sometimes we need to stop looking at our situations to pick point and blame something else and say no, there is an enemy, there is a devil seeking to do us harm You know, many times in the Bible, we see Jesus Christ going, healing the sick and doing wonderful miracles, helping people. But many times we see what he does in order to help people is cast out demons. Over 55 times, Jesus is recording, casting out evil spirits. What do we think in 2023, there's no more evil spirits? There's no more demonic work at hand? There's no more demon possession. What, there's no more works of the enemy? Listen, germs and genetics, I get it. But listen, we have to understand that the root cause of this is the enemy. And as we do that, as we understand that, then we can diagnose the proper problem. And we can seek to take it out from the source. You know, in Luke chapter 13, we see there's a story of a woman who the Bible says has a spirit of infirmity. And she's bent over. She's literally bent over. Today, uh, we call this uh, kyphosis, I think it is. So she had a severe case of of kyphosis. But when Jesus laid hands on her and healed her, it's interesting what he said after he healed her in Luke 13 and 16. It says, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, um, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, be loosed from her bond he attributed that illness to satan having a bondage over her tribute that illness to satan having a grip around her. there are some people in this place there are some christians in this place that i call doris day christians now for those of you don't know who doris day is doris day sang a song saying que Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. Come on now. The future's not our... Nonsense! Listen. Listen, I'm not going to have that. Listen, listen. You're telling me what? I'm just bent over. Hey, it's Sarah, whatever will be. Listen, every time I get a promotion at work, sometimes some big bill takes it out. I get a bonus at work. My car breaks down. My washing machine breaks down. The fridge breaks down. So every time I get close to people, relationships happen. Listen, what you think? Just oh, Whatever will be, will be. No! We have to diagnose the problem sometimes people need to look through their life and say, no, I'm not taking this no more. I'm not going to sit here and just say whatever's going to be, is going to be. I'm going to bind the devil and his demons. I'm going to take it to him and say, no, I'm not going to have that no more. I'm going to go to the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from me. We need to have that vigor again. We need to look at our life and say, no, 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 no. We have an adversary right now and he's trying to oppose me in every area of my life. We need to bind together and say, no, I'm not taking that no more no I'm breaking the curse I'm breaking I'm casting out demons I'm casting things out listen we need to go back to the book of Acts where we just cast out demons for fun can you say amen in this place come on now we need to look at situations saying nah that is demonic you see because the reason uh, today we're so messed up we just put different titles on things now we don't call people demon possessed because that's not politically correct come on now we say that oh we have oh you have ADHD or you have this or you have this title. I'm diagnosed with this. I'm diagnosed with this. And no, bind the devil and his demons in this place. you say amen? Come on now. We need to look at situations and say, no, this is not right. I'm not taking that more. You know, when you look at somebody, you have a feeling about somebody and it's just peculiar. And you're thinking, you know, what's going on? Sometimes, Every time you go to their house, you break out in a rash. Or when you speak to them, you just feel depressed. And sometimes you need to look at the situation and say, listen, you are a witch. Okay, come on now. Now, when you look at somebody, you can't just look at somebody in the eye and say that. Because that's, you know what I mean, that's, that's not very nice. But witchcraft is will. Hey, 2023, I may sound crazy, look, oh, that's back in the... No, witchcraft is real. Sometimes you need to look at a situation and look past the, the natural things and say, you know what, this isn't right. When, I, when every time I do a certain thing, I have a certain feeling. Or I wake up in a cold sweat after I spoke to a certain somebody. Something ain't right. And I'm not trying to say this to try and scare people, people going on a witch hunt and stuff like that. No, no, no. But what I'm trying to say is we need to properly diagnose the problem. Properly diagnose the issue. (laughs) Pastor Pastor, um, Carnegie, he told a story. (laughs) Uh, It's a fantastic sermon. Really, really good. You should watch it. It's fantastic. He told a story of a, uh, he was a a pastor of a church in, in South London. And this young woman came in blonde hair, blue eyes said just her hair was like when the sun hits it just like it shimmered it's like whoa just like she's just so nice she was dressed sharp so nice speaking good words and so on and so forth she was she he said he was a sweet young woman and she came she was serving God uh, and she was coming here and she you know she was, had the gift of the gather was able to uh, to speak her way into every activity of the church was able just to just to be there uh, and I think one day uh, she came and said you you know what you you're a great part you great man of God great ministry I've never heard preaching like this before the wonderful wonder you know what I said about flowery come on now wonderful man of God this church is like God brought me to this church right and all these wonderful words and wonderful things and and and, and after a while she said listen God told me I should lead here <laughs> And he's like, lead what? And like, God, told me I should, God told me I should lead here. He brought me here. And as he started to say no to certain things and so on, uh, it started to change started to shift. Um, she started speaking to different people in the church, uh, uh, putting people against each other, putting uh, this lady against this lady, this group of girls against this group of girls. And, and there was all sorts of discourse going on. And, and he had to tell a sweet, uh, uh, beautiful-looking lady that you're a witch. Come on. <laughs> he had to say that straight to her face. And as she started to do that, she, there was a one time she started to actually manifest. He said, um, in the, the one time he was preaching, she just got up, went to the back, into the foyer, lay on the ground and started Livering like a snake and he said the ushers were trying to grab her and trying to cast out demons trying to grab her and stuff but this this stuff is real this happened in the UK now thank god we've not seen that kind of stuff here yet (laughs) but I just want you to know you guys look lovely you guys are dressed nice but there is somebody that hates you And there is somebody that will do everything he can to frustrate whatever you're doing. Every area of your life. It's not going to just be small. Every area of your life, the adversary will come and try and frustrate you. The adversary will come and try and put things in your way. We need to go back to casting out evil spirits. Can you say amen in this place? We need to go back to saying, "This I have authority over you. You demon, I have authority over you by the name of Jesus Christ. And we're saying, I'm no longer taking this no more. Get your hand off my finances. Get your hand off my relationships. Get your hand off my body, off my health. Take your hand off my mind. I want peace that surpasses all understanding of. we're not going to be labeled with a diagnosis I have this I have not the proper diagnosis is the adversary can you say amen in this place what we need to do is do what he's doing to us we need to oppose him we need to stand in opposition look at the life and say no I'm not going to do that anymore what we need to do is bind and burn come on now in our text then. The owner said, uh, what I want you to do, he said to his servants, I want you to gather together the tares, uh, bind them in bundles and burn them. We need to do some binding. You know, some old language, you know, the the language you see in the New King James is, uh, you know, Jesus said that you can, whatever you bind here on earth, you can bind in heaven. Whatever you loose in earth, you loose in heaven. You know binding you, you can kind of understand the connotation of what's going on it's literally hog tying it's literally tying things up wrapping this up and we need to do that we need to cast out uh, 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 evil spirits in our homes in our relationships we need to cast out evil spirits in this church can you say amen in this congregation we need to bind the works of the enemy and no longer stand for being run over as long as we have the proper diagnosis this uh, man said, an enemy has done this. And when we look at our life, we have the natural repercussions. Just like Job, everything that happened to him was in the natural. But we know, we can read the story, that the cause of it was supernatural. So when you're going through the natural things in your life, and it's just like, oh, it just happens. Every time I get money, it seems to just slip through my fingers. Oh, well, that's just the economy. No, that's the devil. Can you say amen in this place? Every time you come and you speak, to a certain person there's like some manipulation you feel controlled you feel heavy oh maybe that's just their characteristic no that's the devil you need to call it out listen every time you try and get ahead you make a decision for God I'm going to read this I'm going to give my life I'm going to dedicate my life to the work of Christ something pops up something happens that's the devil and we need to come out and say no longer am I going to stand and take this from the enemy I'm going to oppose just like he's been opposed opposing me I'm, I'm gonna stand and say i'm i'm gonna be victorious i'm going to bind and i'm going to burn can you say Amen in this place and i say that today tonight church because uh, i really do believe we're in a season we're in a season where the devil will try and oppose us um, uh, because we're going somewhere this con- mark my words this congregation is going somewhere We're going to have impact in this very city. We're going to see lives changed completely. Transformed. People who are broken are going to be restored. People that were bound are going to be set free. And we're going to literally take it to the gates of the enemy. And as we do that, the enemy is going to try and oppose. And I need you to stand with me. To say we're not going to be run over by the devil. I need you to stand with me. Be vigilant. Because not everybody that comes through these doors are going to have the same uh, uh, agenda that we have. I need you to be vigilant and say, you know, I'm going to look out. The Bible warns there's going to be people that are going to come that look like they're part of the sheepfold. But deep down they're wolves. I need you to stand up. If people are in your ear talking this and talking all sorts of smack about this person, this person, I need you to say, I bind you. Listen, when Peter was talking to Jesus and uh, saying, oh, you're not going to die. What did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. Don't be afraid. Look somebody in the eye saying, you the devil. <laughs> Come on now. Don't be afraid of that. Sometimes we need to look at people talking that nonsense, but they are inspired by the devil. When Judas had to do what he did, the Bible says it was, the, it was Satan that entered him. I need us to stand firm. In these next coming weeks and months, we're going to see some opposition. And I'm not doing this to scare you. I'm doing this just to prepare ourselves so that when we oppose, we know who we're fighting. And we can properly diagnose. There I say some of you may be experiencing some of the things I've spoke about already. Diagnose it from tonight. Say, yeah, yeah, this isn't just something normal. This is the devil. And I'm going to bind and I'm going to burn in Jesus' name. Who's with me in this place tonight? Come on now, raise your voice in this place. sir. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The diagnosis. We need to properly diagnose. Um, and when we get the right diagnosis, we can treat. How many know if they diagnosed that brain tumor from early, they could have treated that? God wants to do some really wonderful supernatural things with your life. Don't let the devil steal or kill or destroy what God has planned for you. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. Diagnosis.